It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And folks, this episode is brought to you by the great folks over at Rock Auto. Dot com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, today, we're going to be talking about some of these preseason uh, award watch lists that we've got guys on, particularly Peyton Wilson on the uh, Bednarik watch list and Bam Knight on the Maxwell watch list. And I'm sure that there are others to come, but those two, we're going to show them some love today. And I, uh, I saw a an article about why the Mississippi State game was one of the most important uh, games of, of Doran's career. And, and I, I think that, honestly and truly, this entire season is going to be a defining one for Doran's career going forward. In the words of the outcast, you're only funky as your last cut, right? And so... People will look at last year and say, oh, it was really successful despite having injuries, despite having all this and that. So, you know, he's going to get more grace and all that. But that's not necessarily the case, only from the standpoint of last year was good in spite of injuries. Last year was good in spite of everything that went wrong and everything that had happened and occurred there. This year, people aren't counting on that same thing to happen. Nobody is counting on this team to be as banged up as they were last year. Nobody's counting on that to happen. So with that being the case, you have to have more success. That's just the reality of what we're looking at there. I mean, we're talking about a season where you had walk-ons playing 40 snaps a game and starting in the defensive backfield, where you had your QB1 only available for basically a quarter of the season you're talking about a season that that you saw um one of your starting offensive linemen go down for the year so you're you're looking at that context and saying that was a great year for the context of what it was and it absolutely was i'm not never i would never tell you oh don't celebrate the wins and the victories that we've already had because there needs to be more but What I will say is, at the end of the day, you can't really make too great of an argument for, hey, eight and five with this team would be okay. You're bringing back a dynamic receiving core. You're bringing back, as I've already talked about with Devin Leary, if you take his game averages from last year and multiply them out over 12 games, you're looking at 3,500 yards, 35 touchdowns. And about eight interceptions. I'm sorry. It was four to one. Yeah. So that's that's about what you're looking at there. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this situation that we're looking at when we talk about how good this team should be, you have an excellent linebacking core returning. You have a defensive line that will be led by Daniel Joseph, 
a guy whose motor just keeps running and running and running. He's like a, a six foot four energizer bunny. You've got a defensive backfield that you've bought in some NFL ready guys in, in Cyrus Fagan and and you've got your top cover guys healthy in Tashawn Smith and, and Ingram. So when we're looking at this, the fact of the matter is simple. This job has to get done. Double-digit wins have to be had. You can't look back at this year and say, oh, man, we went 8-5, we went and five, but, you know, we, we won some really good games. Not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. Not even close. Because, again, we know injuries are part of the game. We know that there's these are 18- to 22-year-olds. There are going to be some things that happen. There are going to be some mishaps. We are hoping that there's no off-the-field things that keep anybody uh, off the field. We cross our fingers and hope our best. But every year it happens to a player or two, or, and we hope that it's just not a, it's a player who is not um, important to the team's success this season or vitally important um, in a major way to this team's success. We hope that that's the case. But still, we know something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to go down. That's fine. But it's not expected to be like it's been in the past couple of years. So with that being said, you cannot rest on the laurels of 8-5. and five. You can't. Because this team is too talented. And the ACC is not talented enough for that to be the case. If we are looking at the ACC way back when, when it was like really competitive amongst the top three to four teams, you're looking at a different situation. You're looking at every game is you're going to be in the grinder and it's just you you really got to figure out a way to get every win you can. Sure. The ACC isn't that right now. And that's just the honest to God truth. If you compare this these if you compare this year's Virginia Tech team to when Frank Beamer was there and he had them rolling at their highest clip, not even in the Mike Vick years, his highest clips outside of that, you're looking at some double-digit win teams. If you're looking at uh, Florida State, you're looking at a team that was national championship BCS Bowl caliber on average. That is not a team that, that was, oh, this is just a team that we're, you know, even on their best seasons, they're going to be a 9-10 win team. They're not that anymore. You're looking at a team in Louisville. Lamar Jackson ain't walking through that door. Heck, Brian Brown ain't walking through that door. And they have a very capable quarterback in Malik Cunningham, but all in all, it's not it's not what it used to be. And I'm, and it's not. That's not a slight to those teams. That's not saying that these these teams are just awful, horrible. God, no, they're they're still. I'm sure they still got plenty of great players. I'm sure they'll still all those teams with plenty of players in the NFL. That is not what I'm arguing right now. What I'm arguing right now is that the level of competition, the level of play in the ACC right now, is not so outlandish that it is impossible for NC State to get the job done. For NC State to pull off 10 wins. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. And why I say that this is important for setting the tempo for the rest of the seed or for the rest of Doran's career. This year will either 
catapult Dorn into that next level of coaches? Because I, I think if we're looking at like coaching tiers and you got like this this tier that, hey, if this is your coach, if they just got there, you'll be competing for national championships in a few years or or where they are right now, it'll take a decent amount of time for them to fall off of being as great as they are. If you're looking at that tier, I think that there's only really two coaches in there, Saban and Dabo. That's it. And then below that, you've got like your really, really good coaches, really quality coaches. They Their teams are competitive year in, year out, and they're going to have um, a couple years here and there where they find their way into uh, the the college football playoff. I think you got your, your Ryan Days of the world in there. You got your Luke Fickles of the world in there. You've got um, you've got a – I'll even go as far as to say you've got a, a Gus Malzahn in there. And I, I'm not – trust me, I'm not saying that this is – this is not a, a SEC standard comp. Trust me. But you've got some really, really good coaches uh, that you look at and you say, hey, this – this guy's team, Lincoln Riley, is is going to be the leader of that pack as well. But I, he's on the verge and the cusp of that that um, that tier with with Dabo and, and Nick Saban because that what Oklahoma has built, it's going to take some time to be undone. That is not a team that if Lincoln Riley left tomorrow next year they'd be horrible. That's not the case. So you you got that tier, and then the tier below that is like. This coach can have a good year here and there. They're solid. They're steady. They're consistent. You're probably going to get a bowl game a lot more years than you don't. But every now and then they'll have a down year where you you miss a bowl or whatever. And that's the tier that Dorn is in. But he's he's on the verge of he's on the verge of jumping into that next category. And when I say jumping into that next category. Or you know what? Let me let me scratch that. I don't think that he's on the verge of jumping into a Lincoln Riley, uh, Luke Fickle, Ryan Day competition. I think that he is on the verge of leading his current pack of guys who are hey, they're solid, they're consistent, they're gonna get you to a bowl game, and they're going sometimes they're gonna uh, get you eight, nine, ten win. He is just in the middle of that pack. I think he can jump out in front and set a pace for his for himself to move up in that regard with a great season this year. And the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, what recruits love more than anything, for the most part, is the opportunity to win and win big. Not just knowing, hey, these coaches are going to develop me and send me to the NFL. They also like the opportunity of, where can I go to win some football games? Because... At the end of the day, yes, football is a mode and vehicle for many people to take care of their themselves, to take care of their families, all that good stuff, to provide wealth on a scale that many, most people will not see, sure. But there is nothing fun about losing. Nothing. So in order to set up himself for the rest of his career to say, hey, I'm in that tier or I'm the leader of that tier of coaches is like, oh, that's a solid guy. And I'm right on the cusp of becoming one of those guys. Is like, I'm going to be a household name because of the fact that my teams are year in, year out, nine, 10 wins. This has to be a year to set the pace for that because how often will you have a situation that is this good? 
where you have players at the level of an Emeka Amizi, a Durden, a Isaiah Wilson. I'm sorry, Isaiah Moore and Peyton Wilson. I don't know why I just fused those two into one player. A Drake Thomas as well. A Vi Jones out of that group as well. How, how often are you going to have that level of talent coming back? You'll be hard-pressed to find it. And not only how often will you be pressed to find that, but how often will you find that in concert with your conference being less powerful than it normally is top to bottom? I'm sorry, but it has to happen this year. We have to get to double-digit wins this year. It just has to. And even if you're looking at the non-conference schedule, you're looking at a, seat, a, a situation where you're playing USF game one. That should be a tune-up. You should go in. And it, that's a game where it's not about the score. It's about how did you execute? How crisp were you? How well did you do uh, the things that you're supposed to do? And then you're looking at the next game against Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a team that the new head coach is going against everything that their identity has been. You've got a head coach who is all about spread it out, spread, spread, spread. I want this field as spread out as possible to get as many guys as far out as possible, cover as much ground as possible because the math is on our side as opposed to downhill, no frills, punch you in the mouth football, which Mississippi State is known for. So you've got a coach going against the identity of what that team has traditionally been, you combine that with a down conference, you need to produce double digits. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. And like I said earlier, last year was great. Last year was really, really good. But you're only as funky as your last cut. Or as I believe it was Paul Abdul said, what have you done for me lately? That becomes the question. That becomes the question. I don't know what the under over on wins for NC State is, but if it is lower than 10, I surely think that you should bet the over. And if you are better, go to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you track the action over at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, regardless of the sport. So before the tip-off of Game 6 of the NBA Finals, before the next first pitch is thrown, before the uh, first players draft in the NBA Draft, make sure that you head on over to Bet Online and check out the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams are rolling full speed ahead. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON when you go. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. So we'll get back on the topic of, of Dorn and what he needs to do um, a little later. But Isaiah, I'm sorry, Peyton Wilson and Bam Knight need to be acknowledged 
for being on these watch lists. Um, and it's it's at the end of the day, I think that this is truly showing what this team is building and and how player development is important, but also recruiting is extremely important. Peyton Wilson was a guy coming out of high school. Everybody wanted him, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Again, Peyton Wilson turned me into uh, into Sonny Vaccaro because if you ever seen the documentary where Sonny Vaccaro was talking about shoes and uh, how he, you know, scouted players and all that, he said that some players he only had to watch them for five minutes and he knew that was it. Peyton Wilson was a guy when I watched him play, I asked who he was before the game, I looked at the program, saw him. But even if I hadn't done that, even if I'd arrived in the middle of the first quarter, it only would have took me five minutes to figure out, oh, that's the guy. That's, yeah, he's the All-American, All-World guy. He's, he's going to play. He's going to make himself a lot of money one day. That's all I would have had to do to figure that out. So Peyton Wilson is the guy that when you look at, uh, when you look at him, there goes the importance of recruiting. There goes the importance of knowing the players, doing what it takes to get them in and, and um, having the, the highly ranked guys coming in. And Bam Knight is the example of player development. Him and Big Ick are both examples of player development. I'm sure as more watch lists come out, we'll see more, uh, more players from NC State on those watch lists. But the fact of the matter is, Bam Knight is for sure the player development aspect of it. Because if you looked at uh, Bam Knight's, if you looked at Bam Knight's profile coming out of high school, he was a pretty good player. Um, but for the most part, you would see him on the uh, outside of the nation's top 200 or top 250 or top 150 player, 150 players, right? And that doesn't mean that he's a, a bad player or that he was supposed to not be anything decent at NC State. That's not what that's saying at all. But when you're ranked there to be then be on a um, to then be on a a watch list for the Maxwell Award is exceeding expectations. That's something that I think we can all agree about. That's just the reality of it. So with that being said, this is this is a, a situation where I mean Bam had offers uh, from us, Purdue, Duke. App State and Boston College as the the um, last five that were on his recruiting profile on 24-7 sports. So that just goes to show, again, he's a good player. Good player. No doubts about it. Not saying that he was coming out of high school completely unheralded. Nobody knew who he was. Wasn't anything type of decent. We were his only power five offer. That's not true by any stretch of the imagination. But with that being said, BAM has done a great job. This strength program has done a great job of developing him into one of the better runners, one of the better uh, pass catchers out of the backfield, one of the better kick returners, one of the better overall players in the country. There is two sides to that coin of building programs up the right way. Of course, nailing the top players is one of them. Getting the top players is one of them. The next thing is developing players. If you're at a place like NC State where you know that for the most part you're not going to be a five-star factory where every year your your recruiting class will be consistent of like five, six, five stars, a bunch of four stars, and one or two, three stars that you just say like, yeah, this, this guy really happens to fit what we do. If you're not one of those schools, 
player development is essential. Because without it, you'll be stuck in a situation where week in and week out, you're going to be going against guys who are at the same level or higher than yours in the Power Five, and that the other teams are doing a better job of developing. And then if the other teams are doing a better job of developing, a better job of putting their players in positions to have success, don't worry about it. You'll be out of a job pretty quickly. So shout out to those guys. They are both very good players. They've put in the work. They've done what it's take. They've done what it takes to be dominant, to be dominant in all three facets of the game. Bam Knight on special teams and offense. Uh, Peyton Wilson on defense, and and he plays special teams a little bit as well. So they do what it takes to be dominant in all facets of the game, and it is exciting to see their hard work paying off. It is exciting to see their hard work being acknowledged. It's exciting to see that these guys are getting the love that they deserve for the work that they uh, put in. And there's there's no if ands, or buts about that. These two are going... I think that they're both set to have huge years um, if everybody's healthy and we're, we're hoping that that's going to be the case, that there's going to be no injuries and, and guys not being sidelined for extended periods of time. But at the end of the day... These two dominant players, they're on these watch lists for a reason. And I'm I'm excited about them. I'm geeked up about them. And another thing that I'm geeked up about is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's not impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car needs. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning about your vehicle and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You're probably listening to me right now talk to you on a device that has access to rockauto.com. So go there and save time and money when using Rock Auto. And don't spend 30 or 50 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers and professionals for over 20 years. The prices are always reliably low for every customer. So go to their easy to explore. Uh, I'm sorry, go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com now and you'll see all the parts available for your car truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. So we're about to land this thing, but in short, I am not just, I, I agree 
that the Mississippi State game is is one of the more important in Dorn's uh, in Dorn's NC State career so far. But I think more important than anything is having success, having serious success this year. I think that getting to me, if they happen to lose that Mississippi State game, but we still get to ten wins. To me, that is still a successful season. Because if you look at the schedule outside of that and say, well, what's NC State's path to getting the 10 wins um, even if they lose that game, right? So you're looking at a situation where uh, you're you're going to have first game against USF, again, you have got to get that game won. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, right? Even if you lose at Mississippi State, Cool. You go on to win at Furman. That'll put you at three. If you go on in, in Clemson, they're a top-ranked team for a reason. They're a team that doesn't rebuild. They reload for a reason. So even if you take that L, you go on to win at Louisiana Tech. That'll put you at uh, four wins. You beat Boston College, five. Miami, six. Louisville, seven. Florida State, eight. Wake Forest, nine. Syracuse, uh, ten. And... North Carolina will put you out 11. Am I reading this wrong? It should only be 12 games. All right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, okay. So I'm reading that. I definitely had those numbers off. I apologize, y'all. But long story short, even if we were to lose uh, to Mississippi State, that would mean that if you lose to Mississippi State and Clemson, you'd have to win out outside that, which would put you at 10 wins. And to be honest, that's what they'd have to do if that if that game in Mississippi State were lost because beating Miami at Coral Gables and beating uh, the University of No Consequences, that, to me, and ending the season on that high of a note or even winning nine and uh, getting to getting to a, a good bowl game and, and winning a tenth, both of those situations put you in good company. Both of those situations put you in, in, really, in a really good space that this team needs to be in because... I mean, at the end of the day, nine wins, there are a lot of ways you can get nine wins, and there are some very ugly ways that you can get nine wins. I mean, you could lose to Mississippi State poorly, lose to Clemson poorly, lose to Miami poorly, and lose to uh, the University of No Consequences poorly. And that puts you at eight. And then you could still go on to win uh, a bowl game against a team that's like, eh, eh, all right, I guess. But that would be a very bad disappointment for this season. Ten wins. Ten and you're in to me as far as Doran. Or ten and you're the leader of the group to me as far as solid coaches, as far as coaches that I'm consistent. My teams don't lose the games that they're supposed to win. We do what we're supposed to do. That puts you solidly in that category. Thank you all so very much for coming out. There will be tons of coverage from Media Day that I will be bringing to you all throughout the week. Shout out to Bam Knight and um, and Peyton Wilson again for being on the watch list that they're on. Two incredible players, two incredible young men. It's great to see them having success and that being acknowledged. Thank you all for keeping these numbers going up, man. I appreciate y'all so much, family. I really do. I cannot tell you how much. Come on back. I'll be here all week. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked On NC State, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolf Pack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.